This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. We shot 21 birds in the first 20 minutes. We're done. You know, our hunt was over with. Yeah. And so we're packing everything up, and we still have these cranes coming in and landing at decoys. We're like, man, we could probably go tackle them and, and get more, but that would be illegal. So, you know. Right. Um, but... Um, you know, I think it was much more than what we, we captured on film. And, and how does it compare to snow goose, for example? It seemed like the cranes were a lot closer, a lot closer than what the snow geese were. Oh, you got her, dude. She's down. Let's go. Dude, I just shot a deer of a lifetime. Freaking smoked him. One with nature, and if you're a believer, one with God. Definitely gets your heart pumping. Boy, you are in trouble. Ball Obsession Podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to another Fall Obsession Podcast episode. I'm Sam, I'm your host this week. Our podcast is driven by Ridge Rock Hunt Company, and I'll talk about them at the conclusion. Back on here again this week with a great group of folks from here at Fall Obsession. Uh, returning, as was in the past couple episodes, staff manager Todd Sellen. Welcome back, Todd. Hey, uh, Sam. Our Good West- to see you again. You yeah. too, man. Our Western <laughs> Regional Staff Coordinator, uh, Tyler Wolf, is with us. Welcome back, Tyler. Hey, Sam. And one of our staff members, Delaney Pfeiffer, has joined us as well. Welcome back to the podcast, Delaney. Hey, thanks for having me. So you guys uh, here recently... Um, a couple months ago, got to take part in a really awesome experience for all of you, and that's kind of what we wanted to recap today. You got to come down to Texas on a Sandhill crane hunt, which is ironic that we're talking about a Texas hunt, and me being the one from Texas, I'm I'm not able to participate. I'm just hosting because I, I really would have liked to have been out there with y'all, but it didn't work out. But um, got to come down here, hunt some Sandhill cranes, some ribeye of the sky. Todd, I'm going to let you kind of kick things off and uh, initiate the conversation with how this opportunity came about, and then we're going to get into some of the nitty-gritty details, some lessons learned, um, and some of the the awesome moments that y'all remember from this trip. So, Sure. The idea of this hunt came uh, at Snow Goose Camp last year when we were sitting around, and we were talking after our... <laughs> probably after one of our recordings of our unofficial couch chats, you know, <laughs> before that series started. But we were sitting around talking, and Andy uh, Andy Meeks from Minnesota came up with the idea. But he said one of his bucket list hunts um, is, is a crane hunt down in Texas. So, again, when you go to camp and, and you get all these ideas, I, I came home and, and just started doing some research, and I found – I don't know, I think five guys I threw up to the group said, Hey, what do you think of these five outfitters? And so we just kind of collaborated with one another and we narrowed it down to uh, crooked wing outfitters um, who did just a phenomenal job. They were really easy to communicate. They were very informative on, on, on the expectations and what to bring and, and that sort of thing. So um, how much everything costs. And so 
just very easy to put together and we were able to make it work. Um, we, we, we set a date that worked out for everybody. And, um, you know, I'm sure Andy will go in a little more detail as to why it was a bucket list hunt um, next time we, we have him on. But, uh, yeah, that's where the idea started and we were able to put it together. And, and it was just an incredible time. It was, uh, you know, just an amazing time. And it's something that we're looking forward to doing in the future as well. Yeah. I love hearing about staff hunts. It's always a good, a good, uh, a good experience to get our staff together and to and to watch those those relationships and those bonds form over mm-hmm. uh, an experience like this. Um, but th- this was everybody's first time to hunt Sandhill Crane. Is that correct? Yep. Yep. Tyler, I know you have a, uh, I know you have some pretty extensive background with hunting various species and uh, stuff like that. So what what was this experience like for you going into it? That's a good question. Um, you know, obviously, you know, being in the central flyway, we see a lot of geese. As, as Todd mentioned, we're going to go up to Squaw Creek here in a little bit and, uh, you know, hunt some hunt some snow goose. Uh, obviously, the the similarities are in that the flocks are just huge, right? There's um, thousands of birds in the sky, and, and they really are food-driven uh, at certain times of the day, just like a goose would be. And uh, it was it – was, eye-opening for me because in Kansas where we're at we do see some sandhill crane but not at the numbers you see down in Texas like especially where we were they were just yeah. gathering there like the storm right it was it was uh, it was amazing it was something like I would see you know up near Cheyenne Bottoms or you know a, a stopover on the central flyway for goose uh, but obviously for sandhill cranes so. yeah now Delaney what about you coming into this because I know uh I know the snow goose hunt last year was kind of a, a, a first time experience for you as well. So coming into yeah. this hunt down in Texas, what, what were your thoughts going into it? Um, so it's kind of a, you know, kind of a screw it. What, what could possibly like, you know, be any different from what I'm used to. I wanted to try, you know, a whole bunch of new things. Um, cause I would say the first, um, new thing for me was the snow goose. So when this came up, I thought, you know, screw it. Why, why not? And so I went and, um, I went in there extremely open-minded, unaware of how many can fly over, um, in a given period of time. And it has become one of the most amazing experiences that I've ever, um, you know, been a part of. And the fact that we got it on footage, you know, um, Mm -hmm. was really, really cool to be able to rewatch it. I have made my whole family watch the footage. (laughs) So I'm like, you guys, you guys need to do this sometime. So yeah, yeah, going into it had no expectation and it was exceeded. (laughs) Yeah. I know we had a lot of you guys down there that, uh, that were filming either with your, uh, with your phones, your cameras or GoPros, whatever the case might've been. Um, and then we had all that footage compiled into our production room and our production director, Nick put something together um, with what y'all came up with, but, um, it, the video itself made it look like, a an awesome, awesome trip. It's on our YouTube channel. If the listeners want to go check it out, but, um, how does that compare to reality with what we were able, what we who were not there were able to see, because I mean, we're, we're watching these huge swarms of, you know, Sandhill mm-hmm. crane coming in, but I mean, mm-hmm. what's it like having those things flying over you? I actually think that watching the film, there was a lot more to what we witnessed beyond what we saw on video. Um, we saw swarms, but it was like that constantly, even after we had maxed out. So we mentioned in the film, we shot 21 birds in the first 20 minutes. We're done. You know, our hunt was over with. Yeah. And so we're packing everything up and we still have these cranes coming in and landing at decoys. We're like me, we could probably go tackle them and, and get more, but that would be illegal. So, you know, right. um, but, um, you know, I think it was much more than what we, we captured on film and, and how does it compare to snow goose? For example, it seemed like the cranes were a lot closer, a lot closer than what the snow geese were and a lot louder. <laughs> But yeah, it, was, sure. it wasn't as it wasn't as constant as a, as the snow geese. Snow yeah. geese, it still rings in my head. I can still hear the snow geese. But um, <laughs> the crane was, you know, periodic as they're coming. You could tell they were coming. You know. Yeah, yeah for sure. Delaney did a good job getting a lot of footage, but it was in a GoPro, right? And this one's got the fish eye view. And it's not a, a knock on GoPros, but you know, you don't have the depth that you see. You're, you're literally surrounded by birds when you're sitting in those little blinds. So it's uh, it's yeah, hard to get. I mean, like the the GoPro itself obviously has a very 
front on view. Um, so, I mean, there was so much like that it didn't capture, obviously, from like the sides of seeing them come in. And, um, you know, I think if, if uh, as time goes on, I'd really like to kind of get more GoPros involved so we can get like the view of them coming in and then the view of us like getting ready, you know? And yeah. what's so funny is none of us had any idea how high quality the, the um, recording is. Um, you can hear us <laughs> saying, ah. oh. <laughs> so you don't see it, but you hear it. Yeah. 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 So how far, like, how far in advance can you see or hear these things coming in? Because Texas is flat, especially out there where y'all were at. So is it just a, a gray cloud off in the distance that gets closer, mm -hmm. or what's the deal? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you hit it right on the head. You, you, hear, you hear it um, before you actually see them. And so, like you said, you look off in the distance, and look at that. There's, like you said, a gray cloud, or there's, a, there's specks in the sky, and they're getting closer and pretty soon the birds are getting bigger and bigger and bigger and pretty soon they're right on top of you so i felt like it almost sounded like they were closer than they yeah. were um and yeah, you can yeah, see in the video yeah. many times you see todd going like <laughs> <laughs> my, my brother was with us and he, him and i hunt goose a lot right and if that guy the, the guide wasn't there calling the shot we would have stepped up so quick so probably a minute before he called the shot because like they're right there let's go get them yeah you know mm -hmm. but uh he was waiting, making us hold off. And I'm glad he did because they, they sat down right in front of us. Yeah. So I, I guess that that's an interesting point right there. You know, if, if he wasn't there, you would have shot earlier. Um, oh, yeah. mm -hmm. What, mm -hmm. what was his mindset for letting them settle in so much? Patience. I would guess experience, right? Yeah. Experience yeah. to know that they're going to, they're going to sit down and just wait a little bit. <laughs> wow. And Jake, our, our first guy, we had Jake and Ethel and Jake, um, um, was a little energetic, say the least, but uh, <laughs> he kept saying, he kept saying, got to be patient, got to be patient, got to be patient. And it was funny to sit with him because there was another outfitter off in the distance that was setting up. And like I said, we were done in 20 minutes and it was funny to hear his reaction to them being out there and we're already done. But <laughs> at here, like I said, a little, little high energy, but you know, like, like Tyler said, his experience we had one volley where they they landed 75 birds at least 75 birds that was his that was jake's estimate he said we had 75 birds on the ground here wow <laughs> and we were able to not put out 75 but you know get a few out of that volley but man to 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 like tyler said goose hunting they don't i don't remember one goose landing last year you know what i mean we we're shooting as they were coming in but they never touched the ground not of their own volition anyways and they landed eventually but, <laughs> you know, yeah oh yeah in, in multiple landings when yeah, right. <laughs> almost landed on Andy's head, I heard. So. <laughs> He's not here to yeah, defend funny, himself. Uh, so. Yeah. It's funny. Jake bringing up Jake is, is he was great because after the 20 minutes, he was like, he was so apologetic. Like, guys, I'm sorry to do this, but we're done. <laughs> like, that's okay, man. It was great. That's yeah. That's what we came here for. Yeah. And then yeah. he said, uh, we got it on footage, I believe, of him saying, he's like, I hope your cameras are rolling because you don't see this every day. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So you're talking to a, a guy with very little waterfowl experience here or, or anything of the sort. So what, uh, for myself and our, our listeners who might not, who might be in the same boat, what is the draw for these things? Because like we said, this Texas is flat where y'all are at what makes the spot that y'all are in the spot to be in? Uh, you can go ahead, Tyler. I, I honestly don't know other than it's, you know, at the, the southern tip of the central flyway from, uh, from that perspective. It's, there's a lot of crops. Obviously, they're, they're focused on food um, during this time of year. But I don't know why just around Lubbock specifically, it's, it's so prominent. But anyway, you did uh, mention that, like, they loved how, like, the ground was overturned. Um, oh. yes. that was kind of a big thing for them. He's like this time of year. Um, I don't, I don't think anyone really touched on why it is that they love Lubbock so much. Right. They just do. <laughs> for, for y'all's hunts, did y'all put out decoys or, yep. or how did, how did all that work in and walk us through the, the setup process of, of a hunt? So we got out there before sunrise and, um, you know, both with Jake and Ethel and uh, all of us jumped right out, started pulling gear out, decoys, um, and we had these cockpit blinds. So the cockpit blinds are, they're, they're you just lay down on the ground and then we brush them in with tumbleweed. And so you're just laying on the ground and as they come in, 
Um, like you said, if they fly right over, you can see you, but it isn't as open as the snow goose when we're in the in the in the pit blinds in the snow goose because you can look around, you can move, you can do whatever. Um, one of the things the guides say, said were crane can see a lot better than most most migratory birds. And so we had to be really cautious. So it was like deer hunting in that sense. You had to limit your motion, limit, limit your movement. Like you said, we had tumbleweed all on top of us. And then we'd pop up, and then we'd have to put tumbleweed back on us. So uh, we'd help set up the um, the blinds. And then um, we put decoys out, and we, we put them, I believe, in it. it was like in a horseshoe shape in front of us. And they certainly weren't as many as, as we had with the snow geese. Geez, I want to say, what, do we have maybe 50 decoys out, right? Sounds about right, yeah. Compared to a couple thousand with the yeah. hard, hard plastic decoys with stakes, um, kind of a horseshoe slash V with a couple of feeders in the middle. Um, and then obviously we were at the, the tip of the V in our little line, those layout lines, just waiting for them to land. So um, no calling machine either, obviously just a hand caller. Uh, it was a, it was a typical, what I would see if, if you were, if you were hauling a trailer for say goose, uh, something like that. Um, but not like not like snow geese for sure it's, that was a different game um i feel like i feel like someone needs to mention it i will because it was funny <laughs> so we had to stop and get a uh, tumbleweed um and <laughs> tyler knows where i'm going as we're so, going in, in yeah. yeah so going in we had to load a bunch of like the tumbleweeds are on the side of the road so we all got out and put some tumbleweed in the back of tyler's truck and as they're driving, they're all coming back out because, I mean, they're big, you know, and the wind's <laughs> taking it. And so well, I'm in Andy's truck and he's rolling down the windows. So we're reaching out of the truck to hold on to the tumbleweeds to salvage what we can. And Jake did say when we loaded them, he's like, a lot of these probably won't make it to when we get there. How many did you guys have, like, by the time we got there? Like, <sighs> Less than we started with. Less than we started with. He said, he said that specifically. He's like, some are going to fall out. So we'll let's get extras just in case. Like like Delaney said, 100 yards down the road, they're all gone. Like every single one is out of the truck. They're like Velcro on each other. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, they were piled way ahead, way, way above Tyler's cab. And yeah, it was crazy. That was fun. Wow. That's funny. Yeah. You mentioned what's the attraction and what's the attraction to hunting geese or not geese, I'm sorry, crane. Um, for me, it was the idea that Andy planted, you know, it's, it, I think we talked about it after the first night of goose hunting and we were just so uh, on an adrenaline rush from that first day of the goose hunt. We're like, man, if we can shoot bigger birds and have the same adrenaline rush, I'm all for it. <laughs> yeah. And so we, we certainly got that, but then I've also heard how good crane tastes and People aren't lying. It is. Oh my goodness. We, we fried it. We cooked up a bunch for Christmas dinner and, and, uh, knock on wood. I haven't bit into one BB yet. So <laughs> that's <laughs> also awesome. good because their necks are a little bit longer. So you have a little bit, you know, bigger area, um, to, to you know, bigger area to aim for. And yeah. so we, um, there isn't a lot of the, a lot of the BBs or a lot of shot in the meat. I, I haven't found yet anyway. So it's yeah. Knock on wood, there's a little slower too. Like, you know, geese, duck, you got to lead pretty well, but these guys are so slow to take off. You can just really put the BB right on and, and, and make your shot. So it was it was different in that sense. I know the first volley, I was thinking, oh, I got to act quack, act, act fast. But I was like, no, be a little more deliberate because, you know, they're, they're a little slower to get out of the, out of the flocks. That's a good point. I was going to ask if there was behavioral differences like that that impacted your your hunt. So that's mm -hmm. that's interesting yeah. that they're slower. I I understand they're big birds. So yeah, and they're slower. They're slower moving, but um, like Jake and Ethel told us, they're faster in the sky, and you don't realize it because they're bigger. Yeah, that just you know their wingspan is so big that they're covering a lot more ground, whereas the geese that have to, you know what I mean? They really have to flap their wings to cover the same distance. Right, you know, in the same amount of time. So yeah, yeah, that's a good point because we saw that one Canada in 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 with the sandhill crane. He looked so tiny, he or she. <laughs> it was so tiny in comparison to the sandhill crane, which is just amazing because these were huge, right? So yeah, we actually had some specs come in one time, right? Didn't yeah. where, didn't he switch his call and try to get some specs in for us too? Yeah, yeah, no look. Mixed in with the the crane, so yeah. So Todd, you, you touched on it with, with how good they taste. And obviously if, if anybody's heard about Sandhill Crane before, they know the, they might have heard the term ribeye of the sky. What, what's the meat compared to ribeye? Exactly. 
Exactly that. Yeah. It tastes just like a sirloin steak. It tastes like a ribeye. It tastes exactly like that. Wow. It's no gamey taste whatsoever. Um, it was just incredible. Yeah. Very how'd good. you cook? How'd you cook it for Christmas? I'm curious. We put it on an iron skillet with butter. That's it. <laughs> yeah. That's it. And we didn't have to add any herbs. We didn't have to add any spices. We didn't have to add anything to it. Just threw some butter on it. Cooked it. Like you said, three minutes one side, three minutes the other side. Pull it off, and ate it. Wow. And everybody, I mean, we, it was gone so quick. <laughs> so I think we still have a few fillets. In fact, my, um, my chiropractor wanted me to bring him in chunk. I'm like, and then I brought my bird down to the taxidermist. I actually brought two birds. I saved two and, um, I had the bigger of the two mounted, but they wanted to keep the smaller one just in case they needed replacement parts and that sort of thing. And I didn't touch it. I didn't, I didn't butcher it at all. And so the um the guy i was talking to at the shop he goes do you want the um do you want the breast meat out of it i'm like heck yeah i want the breast meat out of it yeah i got it i didn't know that you would take it and see it he goes well i thought if you didn't take it i was gonna keep it i'm like heck, well, i'll i want <laughs> discount baby yeah <laughs> yeah how, how much meat yeah. do you get off of one bird so we were able to feed all four of us so you get two breasts so you just cut the breasts in half and yeah i don't know what is it like a Eight to ten ounce sirloin, maybe. That's what I was gonna say. I was gonna say eight ounce, eight ounce per per breast. So yeah, a couple eight ounce steaks for each yep. bird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Good deal. So, y'all mentioned obviously an early an early tag out on uh, or limit out on day one. Um, so what? Uh, we, we all know how fall obsession uh, hunting camp goes. <laughs> so what the rest of the day entail? Uh, Delaney sleeping. right (laughs) nothing wrong with that yeah Um, i'm like if if napping was an olympic sport (laughs) i would have very large amount of gold medals um so i got a puppy chewing on my arm over here um yeah like when we got when we got back to the camp after everything i was like you guys go have fun i'm gonna take a nap and Kess and i both passed out for like what three hours And we had uh, Andy and I took it on the Wolf Brothers, Willow Wolf Gang, and uh, got our butts kicked in some some cornhole. So <laughs> we actually got clips of that on the video too. Yeah, right. that's right. Yeah, yeah. we we got a so clip we, in there. Tyler's a little excited. So <laughs> so we just uh, we uh, we just hung out and did you know played cornhole and just relaxed and enjoyed each other's company and um, you know had a good time. Went over to so there were two lodges. There was a small lodge and a bigger lodge and. We met our neighbors the night before because, you know, I told the story on uh, on the uh, video as well. We we had no clue what to expect, you know, just kind of some basic information based on what Crooked Wing had told us. But we didn't know exactly what to expect. We didn't know if it was going to be like goose hunting. We didn't know if, if the birds actually were even in, you know. We didn't know if they were seeing. We didn't know if they were seeing the number of birds that we saw at goose camp. So uh, Cass, Andy, and I went over there and uh, met some some folks from Houston who listen to Fall Obsession quite a bit. So if they're out there, what's up, guys? <laughs> um, a crazy, crazy bunch, I'm telling you. But uh, they were very welcoming and very uh, informative. They they filled us in. There there's a group of 16, and they maxed out in their time period out there. So they're out for about four hours. They maxed out. So they got oh. what 40, 48 birds. In, in that time frame, that four hour time frame. That's awesome. And so, yeah, they said you're you're gonna see like 20,000 birds, and 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 we're we were thinking if we see that many, we gotta get at least one volley because again, we I always go into this if we get one bird, that's just icing on the cake. You know what I mean? Yeah. If we you know we'll have to split it up amongst seven people, but <laughs> everybody gets a bite. Basic, yeah. Yeah, bite to bite. Yeah, it's icing on the cake. But um, but we felt pretty confident once we realized. The number of birds that they had seen that we were going to get opportunities and we were able to put some um, some crane on the ground too so yeah i know todd you you told me um and, and kind of a sidebar with all that but you know we all know and love hunting camp it's a special place there's not mm-hmm. anything quite like it you know it's uh mm-hmm. it it's it's family it's uh mm-hmm. it's a laid-back mm-hmm. calm environment mm-hmm. it's relaxing it's it's an awesome place to be um, mm-hmm. but when you told me that there were other folks in camp that had heard about fall obsession, that was, that was surprising mm-hmm. to me and, and, uh, in a good way, it's just, yeah. it, it, it's cool that, you know, our, 
our crews are are meeting more people are reaching more people like that um yeah. and, and being able to have those kind of interactions and then for me it's really cool to not only get to see you guys all getting together in various parts of the country various hunts um but i, I know on y'all's way home i went up there and met y'all in wichita falls and met y'all for a quick mm-hmm. quick bite quick meetup and mm-hmm. for me it's just you know even that just seems surreal almost you mm-hmm. know or, or mm-hmm. you know referencing back to the staff hunt we had here in texas in 2019 you know we we know each other we feel like we know each other well oh, through yeah. podcasts virtual meetings interaction over the years and everything like that but to actually get to sit down with somebody and you know have a bite with them or talk with them for a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. it's just, I don't know. It's, there's, it, it, it's cool that we're to the point we're having these opportunities to do that. And I'm really excited that y'all got to go down there and, and hunt crane, um, not just have a, an incredible experience with that, but also get to hang out with each other and spend some time in camp as a, as a, as a crew. That's awesome. So. Absolutely. And we, uh, sorry, sorry, Delaney. No, you got it. Um, we actually met a couple different groups of people, one the night before, that group of 16, and then they packed up and left in the morning. When we uh, got back to the lodge and we're hanging out after our first hunt, um, our, I can't remember, I think Jake said, yeah, go ahead, go into the other lodge and just check it out. And so, and then they told us, feel free, we could play ping pong. They had a ping pong table in there, they had a pool table in there, so they had games. So we were allowed to go in there and just kind of hang out and, and, and play those games and stuff. And we came walking out at one point. And there was another group pulling up. We're like, oh, boy, okay, I think we need to pack up because this, <laughs> this group is probably checking in. Well, it, it was a group that was hunting with Crooked Wing, but they weren't staying at the lodges. Yeah. And it was a couple dads with their kids, basically. And we were talking to the dads, and they were very familiar with Fall Obsession as well. So wow. both groups we met were familiar with Fall Obsession. That's awesome. So yeah, and it's a good thing that I uh, that I wasn't there because I would have stayed on that ping pong table all day. I'm not any good. I just <laughs> like it so much that I wouldn't have come off of it. So <laughs> Tyler Tyler uh, learned all the logistics of uh, of beer pong with Bob. Yeah, but... right. <laughs> He's like, these are these are some new rules I've never heard before. That's right. That's right. It's like uh, like bar rules for billiards. Every every bar is different. Right? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So um, just just kind of bouncing off what you said, though, is like, you know, whenever we go on these trips and stuff, every time I'm on these trips, I'm like, you know, this all started with like a simple um, Google search of fall obsession application. You know, when I heard about you guys back in 2018, 2019, I think it was, um, you know, I was like, man, they they got something going that I really want to be a part of. And I mean, never in a million years did I think it was going to explode like this, you know, to where I'd be traveling the country, you know, and doing all kinds of things I've never been able to do, you know, um, for, for example, I've never, um, done, uh, any sort of waterfowl hunts till I became part of fall obsession. Amazing. Um, so it's just kind of like, you know, I have a lot of, um, people that ask me locally, like, I, you know, I wish I, I wish I could be a part of that. And I'm like, there's, you know, what's stopping you. That's kind of how my mindset originally was. I wish I was, you know, brave enough to go, um, join a hunting group. Then mm-hmm. I'm like, wow. Why not? And now, like you said, when we were sitting at the restaurant together, I'm like, wow, this is so surreal. Because, mm-hmm. like, like I said, it was just a simple Google search that got us to this point, to where we're now, like, on a on a podcast. I mean, how much how much cooler can life get right now? Right, right. It's yeah. a great point because I had that thought earlier about the evolution of Fall Obsession. How much we have evolved, even from the time that we first met in the Snow Goose last year. I, I think back and and think of all the all the videoing and filming that we were trying, all the film and content we were trying to capture at that point, and try to put a video together, comparing that to what we were the the final product of our of our crane hunt. And man, I think I think every did just an outstanding job of putting that thing together, and uh, we're very proud of that, and and we're looking forward to seeing what we can produce here at Snow Goose Camp. I know that uh, Michael TP and Heath uh, are coming with us as well. And they're already laying down footage, so uh, they keep calling me frequently. Hey, what do I do with this? I know oh, we created a folder now. So, but anyway, it's just the evolution and how much we've evolved, and not not just from the the snow goose to now, but overall on, in in the company and, and in, in the history. And you know, it's very exciting to see where we're headed. So. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely is. I I I enjoy seeing the the growth and development and just the 
yeah, the, the bonds forming and, and becoming tighter, you know, and we're, you know, trying to take steps, as we've said before, you know, with Todd and Tyler, both you guys and y'all's roles and everything um, within the company, you know, trying to, to give ourselves more opportunities to, to do that. But then also kind of aside from that, you know, Delaney, you talked about how, you know, starting to travel around and go on more hunts and stuff. And I think that's something that <clears throat> the average hunter might not realize how, how, much more doable some of this stuff is than one might think yeah there's there's travel commitments there's investments that are involved but not every hunt is a several thousand dollar trip with an outfitter or anything like that exactly why this is so enticing because when that's kind of how i think we all kind of agreed at least for me personally um with the snow goose hunt last year todd was like here's how much we need i'm like okay yeah uh, that much to go do something that i probably won't be able to do for a long time sure yeah yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah yeah everyone thinks that like you know a lot of these trips are like you know these like private several thousand dollar you know trips and you no know, quite far from it actually you can go on those but we still have great time with our you know cheaper version and we still have the exact same experiences yeah and and that's what i love about about this is i hope that for at least those who follow fall obsession it's bringing more of a focus to you know these kind of things being more obtainable whether it's going you know with an outfitter like you guys have for the the crane Mm -hmm. hunt and the snow goose hunt Mm -hmm. or you know doing over-the-counter stuff you know out west Mm -hmm. or whatever the case might be you know it's it's a lot more these experiences are so much more doable than a lot of people realize i feel like and and i'm glad that in various ways um each of you you know are are doing things to kind of draw attention to that and hopefully hopefully in the grand scheme of things we may never know for sure but getting more people involved in the outdoors and in experiences they might not get to do otherwise so And, and it's also just equally inspiring too i mean um you know like i uh i have several friends that I've kind of encouraged to like join lo- local groups and stuff. Cause they're not quite ready to go out um, a little further out, but I mean, you know, just the more people you can get together, the more affordable these hunts are, you yeah. know, and it's kind of the grand scheme of things. It's a win-win. It's like a, it's like the network of, of resources and it, that everybody has their own local experiences and, and not surprisingly, we all want to share them with other people. So you kind of open it up, you know, or, yeah going to Delaney's go fishing, going down to Missouri to go fishing. You know I mean? We're just uh, going, I, obviously people can come here and, and hunt deer if they want to, you know, it's like, uh, everybody's kind of opening up their, uh, local and saying, Hey, come on down. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad, glad you brought that point up, Sam, too, because a lot of people that watch outdoor channel, watch sportsman's channel, watch some of these, they think that, you know, they're going through outfitters. They have to have that set because of their time schedule, blah, blah, blah. Not, necessarily if you look at what we have going on here yes we we went through an outfitter with crane hunt went through an outfitter with the goose hunt but like kendra down in in georgia for example she threw out just the other day anybody want to come down here turkey hunting yeah so she's going to take them on their property all you got to do is buy a tag you know what i mean so you're not paying like you said thousands of dollars to go through an outfitter we're not always hunting with an outfitter we get a, a kentucky deer hunt that's being looked at Tim's working on an Alchemy hunt right now that he's going to take us out on. He's already offered up. So yeah. uh, Tyler, Tyler had Andy hunted on your property, right? The night yep. before we, or the day before we came yep. out. So we, we have opportunities. Bradley has talked about coming here to my house next fall. Um, so we have all kinds of opportunities. And like you said, it's not, it's not very costly. I mean, yeah. the crane hunt even wasn't very costly. And, you know, we're trying to get more people next year because so much fun so it was so easy actually it was so easy just to we met up at tyler's actually and then we all jumped in the truck the next morning and then drove down to texas and it it was flawless really you know and and that's just again that just goes back to the the family the family network and the family aspect on and and really what hunting part of what hunting's all about and hey let's go let's go have fun and have this experience or Mm -hmm. and and tying it all together you know it's not expensive like todd i know i know you said that you know hunting pigs or hunting anything in texas was you know uh, a bucket list thing for you and of course down here for me i'm in a different world shooting a pig is no sweat off my back you know on my place but hey let's get it done you know you came down to texas in the hottest part of the year you possibly could and we got it done you know i mean it's you know just just 
it, all it takes is the the initiative and and like I said, there's there's travel costs and in some cases licensing costs involved. But um, yeah, to everybody's point, it's it's not a it doesn't have to be a super expensive excursion. So exactly, exactly. But heck, a lot of fun too. Absolutely, yeah. for sure. <laughs> Um, I hit Tyler up. When was it? A couple weeks ago, Tyler. For which one? When I said, <laughs> for which I one? It... <laughs> 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 I hit him up just a few minutes before we went on too. But um, um, see if he had hogs in Kansas. You got hogs oh, in yeah. Kansas? I said my uh, all my pig meat from Texas is gone. I need some more hog meat. All your medicine here. No pigs though. Oh, we have pigs. We can't hunt. Well, if my pigs light up like they did last time, I know I got some some staff that I got to get down here for some hunts, Tim and Drew and some guys. But yeah, I, every year down here, it seems like, or at least I say every year, the past two years, I've seen a consistent pattern. Uh, January, February, them being pretty locked down, and about March, they start cranking back up again. So, well, what... I had a really interesting conversation with my brother. Um, we just uh, moved into our grandma's house. Um, we fixed it up and everything, and I was just casually sitting on the couch, and Andrew's like, yeah, we got the best view in the house. And I'm like, yeah, it's a great view. And he's like, no, like, there's a deer path right there in our field. I, I used to watch it when I was a kid. And I'm like, really? So you're saying that I could, in theory, have the followed session crew here, and we could hunt from the kitchen window. <laughs> and he's well, like, yeah, I mean, well, me and Dad used to watch them all the time. So I'm well, like, cooking up some crane. Yeah. It it's so funny. This this is sidebar, but um, you know, there's so many like I feel like people go way off deep into the woods sometimes and the deer just mm -hmm. hang out close to the house, you know, in, in that mm -hmm. situation. And then like my dad and I, so we have, you know, on, on the Texas dirt place during the fall we keep our, our camper out there, so we have a place to stay out there. And, you know, there's there's some oil well guys and stuff that drive through, so I got a I have a camera hidden you know, on the camper just to make sure that nobody's messing with it like they shouldn't. We've never had an issue, thankfully, but um, I, every time I go out there, I check that camera, and I have pictures of deer walking right past camp, you know, right through camp, you know, uh, on that camera sometimes, and then it seems like every time my dad and I drive up and down the main road up toward the north end where the camper is, there's always does or something in the woods, and this last year, we actually took some time to to scout and find a couple spots close to camp where you could literally just wake up and walk 100, 200 yards out in the woods and be in your stand. Cause it's like deer hanging out up here. So why not? Yeah. So <laughs> they tell you that story. They tell you that story a couple years ago. Um, I don't remember if I told you, but um, got a buddy named Pat that comes out and he rabbit hunts our property quite a bit in the winter time. Um, but then he'll also at the end of the season, he'll come out and shoot does off our property as well. So couple years ago, our farmer that leased the front front field that we have here, right up here by the house, just on the other side of the horse pasture, planting winter wheat out there. Mm. And so every day when we'd come home, we'd look out and we would have like 40 or 50 deer out in the field. That field was just like covered with deer, just eating the winter wheat. And so he asked me to come out hunting one night. I'm like, yeah, he can come out hunting. And I couldn't go because I was getting, getting home late that night. So I sent him back to my stand uh, in the back part of the property and um, he texts me halfway through the night. He's like, dude, I haven't seen a thing out here. He's like, are you seeing anything up there? I'm like, uh, yeah, the field is covered with deer up here. <laughs> He's like, oh, I'll be up in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> so sure enough, he snuck up. He comes in the house with his, with his gun. I'm like, I got to take my shoes up. I don't want to cross the carpet. Where, where, what should I do? Where, where do I go? I'm like, dude, put your shoes back on. Yeah. So we snuck around the front of our house and set up like literally – just just outside of our well just off our front patio here and he ended up shooting a couple of those so huh. <laughs> that was kind of funny my uh my dad tells a story of a, a hunt club he was part of way back in the day in south carolina right when he first started getting into deer hunting and uh you know there'd be all these guys that would go way back off into the woods to their stands and everything and there was this one old timer that he never went back in there he just every evening take his gun go sit by the front gate and he shot just as many, if not more, deer than some of the guys on that on that hunt club. So, <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I gotta tell you something real quick. Yeah. My phone was just ringing. Michael TP and then Andy called right after. So you talk about that connection. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. The the podcast. You, here we go. <laughs> you have, I mean, and, and rightfully so in your role. You 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 have uh, 
you reach out to everybody and, and everybody kind of comes back to you too. So you, yeah, uh, I, I will say, I know Todd and Heather and, and all y'all sitting here are part of the glue that holds this family together for sure, especially in that Midwestern crew. So it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Well, um, I, I know we have a, a time limit on the back end, but before we hang, hang it up, I wanted to, to go around and ask everybody for, um, to give us your favorite moment from the crane hunt. And then two, uh, one of the most valuable things you think you took away from it. So Delaney, we'll start with you. Yeah. So, um, I can immediately tell you my favorite part was the moment we saw them swarming. Um, like the first time with Jake, you know, the sun had just come up. Um, it, to give you a good idea of what exactly went down, um, we had finished setting up and we were settling in and he's like, all right, here we go. And Todd's like, now, now, <laughs> And so, yep, sure enough, um, I'm getting goosebumps all over again. So when um, when I had just settled in, I was getting the camera on. Like, I was just like, okay, where's my water? Where's my snacks? Because we're going to be here for a while. Didn't need it. Um, but, yeah, right as he was like, all right, here we go. What was it, like, maybe three, four minutes of him saying, here we go. It was just swarms from that point on. And it was such a rush to be like, this is not a normal thing. Like, even <laughs> Big said that. He's like, this isn't something you see every day. And I was like, wow, I am, like, so in the moment. I was like, um, I really hope I was recording. And then it turns out I was. But it was kind of one of the things where everything happened so fast. And it was so amazing. And, like, my takeaway from that is I had no interest in crane hunting beforehand. It was more of a, I have time. Who knows? Maybe it'll be fun. And my biggest life lesson is don't ever say you don't have an interest in something because it might be the coolest experience you ever have. Yeah. You know, and I mean, if you want to say you're strictly, you know, like, oh, I just strictly do waterfowl or strictly do, you know, hunt deer. I mean, that's because you don't know anything else, you know, and that's kind of where I've changed my mindset because of this hunt, because of the snow goose hunt. I just went on a pheasant hunt. All of those, I was like, okay, I'll give it a try. And I ended up having a ball. Yeah. So I, my lesson that I, like, my takeaway from this is, you know, I'm extremely open-minded every time a fall obsession trip pops up. Because I thought, I mean, I, my list is growing now of experience, you know, and I'm nothing but thankful. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, uh. I always go back and reference, uh, we had, when Drew came on the podcast to talk about his Axis hunt, you know, a, a bucket list hunt in his mind, he was like, I don't think I checked one off the bucket list. I think I just created something else I got to go do again, you know? Yep. So yeah, I think I there's can some absolutely truth to relate that. to that. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Tyler, what about you? Um, the best experience, or I guess it's kind of a, it's, it's kind of an embarrassing one for myself because on day one, we didn't have a dog a retrieval dog so i was running out there retrieving these birds and these guys are they're a little scary up close right they got those big old beaks and big old long necks and so i was running at them and i would just kind of karate kick the head to, <laughs> to grab them <laughs> one time i, I missed because i think the bird just matrixed me just like it was like under it and i <laughs> totally whipped i fell down had to circle back around and uh, i finally got the bird but uh, it was a little embarrassing I think Delaney got it. I was gonna say, where's I, I the video of that? Did, yeah. yeah. That was that was shortly after we lost our PETA sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or Wiley Birds. That's what I'll say. Um, <laughs> and the, the the takeaway I have is the difference of the meat. I have a different understanding of how to cook bird meat, uh, specifically from Sandhill Crane. Obviously. I have goose in, in the freezer. I've got pheasant and dove and all these different things. And I'm after cooking the sandhill crane, I'm like, what else can I do that's similar to that across these other species? And so I'm, I'm trying a few other things. And uh, some of it works, some of it doesn't. Uh, but I am, it's opening my mind a little bit on how to cook birds. Yeah. For sure. Awesome. Todd, what about you? I've got a few, and I just happen to look over my shoulder, and there's our green picture right there. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> a podcast video. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so I have a few uh, favorite moments. Um, first is when uh, Delaney, after we were done on day one, she looks into the camera and said, we're done, y'all. <laughs> we're done. 20 bir 21 birds in 20 minutes. 
and it kind of hit me and say, oh my goodness, we shot more than one bird per minute. Yeah, That's insane. That's crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And certainly unexpected. Um, and then my second, uh, second favorite part of the trip is just hanging out with these guys or hanging out with these guys on the car ride and just all the stories we tell and, and just enjoying that time with them on, you know, you spend, what was it? 10 hours down from Tyler's house. And then, and even the night before we took off hanging out with Tyler, we, we woke, I'm sure we woke his wife up a few times. She was already in bed by the time we got there, but we we were having a good time. Yeah. She was so nice. She never once complained about the fact that we were like so wow. loud. <laughs> <laughs> She probably used to. Yeah, she's a sweetheart. So probably used to. Well, that that's awesome, and and I can I I could tell that like the brief time that I met up with y'all, you know, and and after we said our goodbyes and y'all loaded up in Andy's truck and 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 took off. uh, Of course, y'all were all making fun of Delaney for being in the driver's seat and uh, <laughs> slightly scared for your lives i couldn't tell if that was legit or not but um but y- y'all are y'all are still here so there's that but yeah. um yeah you know... so i i don't think i want to do that again um <laughs> <laughs> I, it was more of a i just felt bad that i was the only one who hadn't driven but did i want to no that thing was a tank <laughs> but and you know like i had i had the camera rolling um on the way there and a little bit on the way back and reviewing that footage, I have like smacked my forehead so many times, like, oh my gosh. Like when when Andy ate the Skittle out of his boot, like just yeah, the whole trip that itself. TikTok was good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. In like like the face of horror I made, I didn't know I made that face. Like yeah. That, I mean that that's that the stuff awesome. you can't make up you know that that's the stuff that just that comes naturally you can't make up and you know i i am not the i'm not the greatest road tripper i i i really am not but i watched that truck pull away i was like that's gonna be a fun ride right there. yeah that's gonna be fun <laughs> and, and you know you got like andy who's a walking meme so i mean yeah. you know he just he absolutely made that trip great and you know like kes this was his first time meeting the crew um when i introduced him to everybody and immediately andy was like you know where are you from? How do you know Delaney? Do you like to hunt this? Do you like to hunt that? And before you know it, Kess is like very much comfortable talking to Andy. And then once we got there, he got to meet, like really meet the rest of the crew and just immediately meshed really well with everybody. Yeah. Um, Cause I could tell at the very beginning, I think he was a little shy. I mean, who wouldn't be, you know? Um, but then he learned, oh, well, these people are just like big kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're, they're more immature than me. So, <laughs> no, I... To, I think he got to Tyler's house before you, right, Delaney? And so, yeah, he beat me there. Um, so... And yeah, like on the way there, like um, I was, I was concerned on the flight there that I was like, oh, I really hope that, like, you know, that he's comfortable the whole time. And by the time I got there, everybody was talking to him more than they were talking to me. <laughs> but, but he was whispering to Delaney, what the heck did I get myself into here? I was like, hold on. There's no going back now, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> and Kess and I, are, um, we text a couple times a week um, of just plans and stuff. And um, we talked just a couple, uh, about a couple days ago about like setting up maybe a deer camp, you know, that we can open up to Fall Obsession crew and He's just so excited to see kind of where he can go with fall obsession. Yeah. So well, and, I'm really and, happy. And that's cool to see our family grow too as, as a result of these events, you know, because we, you know, if, if there's spots to fill on a, on a hunt roster, you know, there are people that are, that are close to us so that we know that we, that we extend those two. Obviously mm-hmm. you said, as you mentioned, this is Kes's first trip and he's since joined the team and become officially, you know, uh, an adopted yeah. family member, if you will. And then, <laughs> uh, and back in 2019 at the Texas deer hunt, that was Andy too. You know, we never met yeah. Andy and drew just had a, it was just a buddy that drew wanted to bring down and, like I, I can remember we were waiting on our we were waiting on our guide for that trip. He was running late. So we're literally my truck, which had me, my dad and uh Nick Powell in, and then Drew's truck with Drew and Andy, we're just pulled over on the side of this county road. because um, that we couldn't get through the gate or anything and you know, until he got there and um we're just standing in a ditch, literally, and just <laughs> hanging out and getting to know Andy and it was just, from there it was just a blast you know i mean we all know how he is so yeah but. and i'm always in awe when we meet new people and um just how much we mesh with each other and you can tell instantly like you said cast when we met him we could tell him within the first few minutes this guy would be a great addition to our team you know and so and just you know 
evolve from there. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, great talking to you guys. Uh, and the, the crane recap is not over because as, as we mentioned, Kess and Andy were a part of this experience and we want to get them on the podcast as well. It's just, it gets, as we've, as we've done in the past, we try to keep it to four max on the mm-hmm. on the podcast here with the virtual ones because if we if we try to pack everybody in here, it would never end, and you know Todd <laughs> Todd wouldn't get to his commitment afterwards, so yeah. it'd be a little chaotic. But we're gonna we're gonna set up part two with uh, Andy and Kess um, and get them on the podcast. But uh, thank you guys very much for for coming on and recapping your experience, and I look forward to hearing about the next one. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we'll be. We got that goose hunt coming up in what two weeks now. So yeah, Yeah, expect some sick footage coming your way. Yeah, we're 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 trying to. So you talk about the evolution. We had talked about having a production meeting already, and so a year ago we didn't think about having a production meeting. We didn't think about creating storyboards. We didn't think about how we would put the story down. We we just thought we're gonna get content, put it out there. You know, bunch of dudes hanging out. Yeah, do that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, so. it, it's it's come a long way, and and we're mm-hmm. we're glad to be making progress like that. So, yeah. Yeah. for our listeners, thank y'all for listening to another Fall Obsession podcast. If you haven't already, hit that follow and subscribe button wherever you are listening or streaming on. We're on all major podcast platforms, um, as well as YouTube and Carbon TV. Um, so whatever the case is, be sure that you follow, subscribe, turn your notifications on, all that good stuff. We post new podcast episodes weekly every Monday morning. Um, and it's stuff like this that's hanging out with good people um, that in the hunting outdoor industry, some part of our Fall Obsession family, some not, um, that, we're, uh, that we're happy to have join us. So um, the podcast videos are on the YouTube channel as well as a bunch of other series. Um, our Texas Dirt series is on there. we got a couple other videos right now in our editing room. Um, the crane hunt that we're recapping here is on that YouTube channel. You guys can go watch that video. And then we're pretty excited. We haven't announced it yet. It's coming soon. But we got a couple of new series for 2023 that we've been having some production meetings on that we're fixing to roll out. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty stoked about some of those. Um, to be To be announced on those, but social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, go wild, go subscribe, follow us on all those platforms. We're also on TikTok now. Fall Obsession Media is the handle for TikTok, so head on over there as well. Um, we're still building that platform up. FallObsession.com is the website. It's the hub. That's where you guys can go to find all of our content, our video series, gear reviews, podcasts, wild game recipes, educational articles. All of it is on there, as well as our apparel. Todd's rocking one of our newest hat designs with the leather patch. I see Delaney's got the the blackout hoodie on. Um, so we got a bunch of bunch of stuff on there that you guys can go check out. Um, finally, Ridge Rock Hunt Company. There you go. There's the the sleeve on that hoodie. So uh, Ridge Rock Hunt Company. They are the podcast partner. Derek and Lacey over there in Mississippi. They book hunts with vetted outfitters across the country. So I know we talked a little bit about you know kind of. Um, the affordable side of, you know, making your own experiences happen and everything like that. But if you are looking to go with a vetted and trusted outfitter and you're guaranteed a good experience, um, give Derek a call. He'll work with you on timeline, licensing budget, the whole nine yards to make something happen that's right for you. So Ridge Rock Hunt Company, go check them out. Thank you guys again. I enjoyed it as always. Yeah. Thank you. You bet. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. We're back again next week for another follow-up session podcast todd's still here so i still gotta stay it stay obsessed